0: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Officers Club podcast. Today I am joined by Tom Bedell. Evening. Okay, it is evening, yep. Uh, Jonathan Blakey. How do? And joining us from holiday, another holiday, is Will Evans. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Right, um, I'm going to sort of outline what we're going to do here. We're not going to discuss any of the recent matches, correct? Correct. Instead, we're just going to focus on recent news, recent events, and take some questions at the end. Um, I've been working all day and, and not checking my Twitter. And you guys mentioned that you've put some a call out to questions, and I've just seen a lot of not- notifications. So that's going to be fun, and that will definitely help us in our never-ending quest to release a podcast that's shorter than decades. So, um should we start with a summary? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, I will start with you, Jonathan um mark mcgee is our director of football
1: yeah well not officially but yeah unofficially (laughs) um (laughs) still trying to get my head around it i think his official title is technical advisor of football or something along those lines but yeah cool that's what it is
0: (laughs) okay um will he is in charge of hiring his own replacement as manager which he wasn't actually ever manager but he's replacing his own like you know what I mean. He's replacing himself as manager, but he's not actually manager.
2: Yeah, it's all its all a little bit strange. I mean, it all seems to kind of date back to when McGee originally joined and he was apparently asked to come in to assist Rossi Ames, really, rather than to manage the team himself. Obviously, Ames res- resigned. I don't know why I'm calling him Ames, as if I don't know him.
0: <laughs> Literally, when he started doing that, I was thinking, am I missing something? Like, is it, has it been Ames all along?
2: Yeah, Rossi um for the top Rossi, six. um yeah Rossi, um yeah he left and then I think I mean it sounds like McGee just had to step in and become manager which is fine but what's odd is the way it's all of being slightly reframed now as if like he was never really manager he was only ever really an interim appointment until we could hire a new manager but I'm sure that wasn't the case I mean it certainly it felt at the time like whether it was our first choice situation or not, he was appointed as the club manager and fundamentally hasn't done particularly well, which is why we've had to had to find someone else. But he's an experienced man. I don't I don't really object too much to him finding his own replacement because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he's I suppose he's as well equipped as anyone else's to do so.
3: Cool. We all know that the chairman has made the vast majority, if not all, of the appointments in his tenure, and you know the fact that there have been so many. Uh, highlights the fact that that hasn't been brilliant success so to actually have someone with a bit more kind of not that you know you can run a club and not have any football knowledge I guess but some do Um, you know someone with a bit more uh, know-how and what have you and probably more some varied contacts and what have you in the game is probably not probably not actually a particularly bad thing is it but I mean We'll, depending on whether we stay up or not we'll probably dictate the how this appointment and Mac- Mark McGee coming in and his made-up role is is viewed upon in uh, in the future won't it when people look back on it
0: yep yeah, so the final bit of this uh, spout of information from the club I mean we can we can't communicate uh, we can't say that the club don't communicate given this this week uh, Tom is that we now have a new manager
3: yeah it was most kind of Underwhelming statement, ever, wasn't it? The kind of from his sort of direct from Mark McGee himself. This guy's replacing me. He's good. Get behind
1: him. And that and that was that. And it was very typically obvious. typically blunt, Mark McGee. style. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, and this is the thing: when Mark McGee was appointed, there was this big kind of spiel about you know former Scotland system manager done this, done that, and there was a proper announcement, and he was manager to all intents and purpose because that's what the announcement was. And this, guy is, and this guy, Graham Wesley, has come in, and it's all very sort of... The club of themselves almost kind of downplayed it a little bit, I think, haven't they? It's, I don't know, it's very odd. I thought it was noticeable, the fact that the statement came from Mark McGee. There can be no doubting that this is Mark McGee, and this is Mark McGee's man. You know, this is not the chairman. This is him. He has been brought in to do this job, and he has now done it, so if it works great if it doesn't then i'm sure uh, there will be ramifications and he's already got it in the neck from supporters for his time as man- manager and i'm sure he's going to get it even worse if uh, if graham wesley's unable to keep us up um it's all very very odd and that's putting <laughs> it politely
0: yep yeah, it's classic barnet um I've received some good feedback so I'm going to give this format another go I'm going to ask you for a succinct you know, sentence or so of your thoughts uh, I'll start with you Jonathan and it's basically your reaction to Graham Wesley being appointed <laughs>
1: um, good luck very yeah very 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 brave man Mark McGee in appointed him um, <laughs> I don't I don't know if Mark McGee's really been at the club long enough to know what sort of relationship we have or don't have with Graham Wesley Um, but he's soon about to find out I'm sure Uh, (laughs) it's it's um, I want it to work I think everybody does I think that that has to be said really Um, I think we'll have a soft spot for Barnet. if anybody can get him to go and do a good job then we're all for it I suppose Um, but my worry is Graham Wesley's got an awful lot to do now so much to do not just fix the football side of things he has somehow got to get all the fans and all the players and it's a massively fractured dressing room as we all know he's got to get them all on board and that sounds like a massive task to do in just half a season and we've got to do all that in order to stay up it's a massive massive task ahead of him
0: okay that's that a, was a, a little
1: bit more
3: that's yeah,
0: I I was just a, damn it i was just about to knock you for it will let's give you a go on one sentence or one word or one paragraph anything less than an essay um, yeah reaction to graham wesley there's a,
2: there's a word there's a word in korean called membung, which means mind blown and i guess that probably sums it up best i i, I genuinely could I genuinely couldn't believe it when I heard this news. I just thought, I could, I, there's any other name out there, and I could, have, I could have imagined that, yeah, we appointed Edgar Davids, and I was shocked, but I wasn't half as shocked as I was after this one. Like, <laughs> there's, if, if there's one man that's kind of almost synonymous with the anti bar, it's it's Graham Wesley. Um, now, I'm still trying to sort of work out whether I think it's a good appointment or not, but it's, uh, in terms of surprise... It's, it's right up there and, and from a director of football as well because just very briefly you know um, often a director of football would appoint something of a yes man I think and we, maybe we saw that a little bit with Paul Fairclough when he brought in Mark Robson he was an inexperienced coach but Mark McGee really has had some you know that's, that's quite a call to bring in someone with as strong a stronger personality as Wesley I think
0: Excellent um, good sentence there Will <laughs> Tom you're our only hope A succinct answer to your reaction to Graham Wesley's appointment
3: Okay, I will nail it. I just want to add as a little uh, thing. That was the most highbrow this podcast has ever or will ever get. That Will is chucking out Korean proverbs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Whatever the the word is for that, that was excellent. I enjoyed that, Um, and I think it summed it up very neatly. Actually, he could have just left it at that. Um, Right. This is my actual answer. Uh, Yeah. In summary, absolutely staggered uh, for reasons that. I guess we're going to go into later but we have a proper manager now and I guess the only thing for it is to be kind of united get behind the team you don't have to love Graham Wesley and it's going to be very hard to do that and hope against hope that he can do the job he's been brought in to do if he does it will be a begrudging masterstroke if he doesn't it will be nuclear nuclear
0: you know, if we ever wonder how our pods always end up being epic in length, it's probably because I ask for a sentence and I get essays from each of you. Right. That was, a that, was that was not a sentence. Oh, it was. was. I could put enough commas in there to make that a sentence. That, that's not how grammar works. You can't just substitute four stops of commas and be like, yeah, I've, I've nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> um right so my final question really in in summary of the week and then we'll and then we're going to dive into the whole mark mcgee and the q a all that sort of stuff but my final question on the summary um is there a po- will i've got to go to you because you're mr positive is there a positive case we can put on this turn of events wow <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no I,
2: i'm gonna say i'm gonna say yes um i think that i think that one of Barnett's biggest weaknesses this season has been been having a porous offence that's disorganised and not doing anything with set pieces, whether that's scoring from them or conceding them. And my understanding is that's two things that Graham Wesley is particularly good at good at coaching. And I and, and there is the possibility. Now, I'm not saying that I necessarily think it's it's likely, but there's the possibility that the natural kind of flair and talent of some of our players. 'll combine with that organization and actually kind of create a perfect storm that ceases to pull off some results um if I was going to look at this in a positive light, that'd certainly be the way I'd be doing it
0: okay that was an admirable attempt I'll grant you that much Jonathan do you have any uh, any positive spin on uh this in, in you know a quick a quick one before we dive into it, but do you have any positive spin you want to put out there
1: ah uh... <laughs>
3: I mean that's a good
0: answer in uh, of itself to be honest
1: str- stranger things a- have, have happened in football we could say that it, it could work it could be some it won't be a minor miracle because if this works it is a full on blown miracle um, that's all I can really say
0: cool. to be fair <laughs> uh, keep Tom. it short anyway yeah. No, no, I, I appreciate someone tries to keep it short uh, <laughs> Tom
3: yeah the, the big
0: positive and it's a short one. He's not Mark McGee. That's harsh. Right, I'm gonna stick up for Mark McGee in a sec. Actually, do you know what I'm gonna do it now? Right. So Barney fans, um now I'm not being facetious, I'm not being contrarian for the sake of the podcast or anything like that. I genuinely feel very sorry for Mark McGee. That's that's not that's genuine that you know, the three of, could the three of you just attest to that verbally? No. Excellent, okay, I've been stitched up too late now too late now right so um here's how i have viewed what's happened here mark mcgee has uh is unemployed following a a period with scotland uh, scotland he said i think in his opening interview he said that he um has been friends with the chairman for a while um and the chairman asked him to come down and help out which we now seem to appreciate means helping out rossi again we have to take these people on their word to an extent so the narrative there is that rossi is struggling under whatever circumstance whether that be the injuries the pressure from the fans which we now know about etc etc mark mcgee's been asked to come in and help out upon being brought in um rossi resigns from his post this then leads to mark being asked by the chairman to take over as manager um so from his perspective, he's he's a football man. Football men have egos. Let's be honest. He's gone from being the assistant manager of Scotland to being a non-contracted pseudo manager for a League Two football club that's in a dire state, which I think you know is, isn't a great place to be if I'm honest. And then from there, he's getting pelted by fans. Um, he's getting increasingly annoyed and he seems like a dour bloke i've never met him i don't know him at all but he seems a bit dour so then the combination all of all that doesn't come across very well and the one thing that i will say and i think i said to you guys obviously as barnet fans we all see the best in our players and we believe in our players and i i do genuinely believe we have a, a, a much better squad than the average league two squad but mark mcgee is used to dealing with well in his recent history is used to dealing with international players so from dealing with those players who just from the way he's talking it sounds like train harder than the barnet players do and work harder and apply themselves harder and listen to the manager more again just from the way he's been inferring things in his post-match interviews to be just the the parallel between the two coming from that level down to crowds of just over a thousand with players that you don't seem to like having been called in on a favor I genuinely feel sorry for him. That that doesn't sound pleasant. I know people then say, oh, but look at the results, look at this, look at that. But that just genuinely doesn't sound like a pleasant place to be in life. So yeah, I, I actually feel sorry for him. Barnet fans, feel free to send me abuse. It's at East of Aros on Twitter. Um, which one of you guys wants to queue up and be the first to get the abuse in oh. back at me?
1: Yeah, I'd like to give that a go. Go on then.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I, I agree with what half you're saying. Uh, and I do, especially... I think in the last interview I did with him um, at Crawley after the game he was saying about how he was doing it all um, uh, and he had a lot to do and I did genuinely, I just looked at him and just thought, you know what, maybe you are you, you have just got too much on your plate and you're struggling to juggle everything but he's do- you're doing the best you can I don't doubt that he was trying I don't doubt that he was wanting to do a good job but I can't help but feel when, he, especially when he's saying he's doing it all there is just that one tiny little voice at the back of my head saying you've bought this upon yourself though he's going on about how he has no assistant manager how he has no goalkeeping coach um, and he must have known what he was walking into when saying yeah I'll take on the advisory role because he must have known what the squad was like what the form was like and what the, you know, the whole dressing room feel was
0: sorry if Jonathan you- can, I, can I test that point on you now i'm being serious here because i don't I, I really feel sorry for the bloke so will how long have you been a fan of barnet football club oh
2: 20 25 years
0: right when you walked into the job as press officer was there a big difference from outside to inside
2: yeah it's uh yes no the, the, the job isn't what you imagine it will be that's not a positive or a negative statement but yeah there's a difference
0: okay so i completely agree with that that was my experience as well tom for you yeah, I'd go along with that. Right, so Jonathan, I would actually say yes. There is a, there can be, and I know in my experience. There was a massive difference between what you you know, what the club looks like from the outside and what you walk into.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I, I've, I've never worked at the club for, on a day-to-day basis like you guys have. I just turn up for the games and I cover them part time. That is. Yeah. Well, I work hard in other areas. Zing. Um, yeah, but. I mean, you don't just take a job, regardless of whether you, you're you agreeing to do it for a mate or anything. You don't take a job just on a whim. You you have to do some sort of research and due diligence before you go in and take these jobs. And he must have looked at it and thought, it's going to be tricky. It's going to be tough. But probably he didn't realise it was going to be that tough. Yeah, granted. Um, but it was his decision to get rid of Alex Armstrong, wasn't it? Yeah. The goalkeeping coach going... I, I don't know how that happened but um, so he revealed it during the week I, I can only assume An office, the goalkeeping coach
0: Birmingham or, City who was the goal was it, was it Doyle Matt Doyle yeah he he went to I believe he went he was that was that was his uh, third stint with the club I think or second
3: Four or somewhere like that Thailand, Thailand yeah
0: because they were without a goalkeeping coach last season as well
3: because he was the Carlton. academy
0: goalkeeping coach I believe then he went to Thailand Stop. and he returned when uh, Muggleton left
3: yeah, they moved him over when Carl Muggleton left, but then he left as well, and they were without one for a bit. And then Marlon Beresford came in for a bit. And the less said about that episode, the better, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, good, good knowledge. But I mean, Mark McGee, he, Alex Armstrong, he, he went ages ago, or it seems like ages ago, mm. and he's 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 been either so busy looking for a new manager, trying to coach the players. And now looking for a new assistant manager and a goalkeeping coach. It it's just like he could have he could have shortened that list if he wanted to. He didn't have to act so evasively. And I just wonder if he if this would have been so bad, if he just had that little bit of help, regardless of whether he got on with these people or not. Surely they would have been of some help. Uh, and that just taints my view on feeling sorry for him a little bit. That's all I can go wrong, really.
0: Okay. Um I feel like you have answered that, Jonathan. You've counterpointed me well. Uh, Will, do you have anything you want to add?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't agree, Staffy, really. I must admit, I, I, I do take your point on board about this, um, you know, that, that he did take a job that he didn't necessarily think he was signing up to. But do you know what? At the end of the day, it's, it's not a job that it, that's outside of his skill set. Um, it's not like it's not like he turned up one day thinking he was, you know, going to be a chemist and ended up as the janitor. Like, he's it's, it's in the it's in the same it's what he's been doing for years that's and fair yeah. the way that he's gone about the job has been so poor really I mean you had a team that played really really nice football under Rossi um, and he, he McKee said when he took over that he'd been watching all the you know the DVDs of the, the previous matches well I don't know what, what DVDs he was watching because by the time he came in he just threw the baby out with the bathwater to the extent that you know, all the good football was out the window. It's just booting the ball forward. It was, wasn't played to the strengths of the players at all. And I just think that it, that kind of, like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. So it's almost like a kind of arrogance that, like, you just want to instill your own philosophy over the team in spite of what's actually their in their best interest. So I just thought it was staggering. And, like, at the end of the day, I, I don't have too much sympathy because I think that he's brought this upon himself with the football he's playing.
1: I agree with you, Will there and I'd also like to add to the point that I made a few seconds ago is that his answers in the press conferences have not helped in the fact that, I mean, there was a little while ago, it was an interview building up to the game on the weekend he was asked a question about unity and how important it is and he goes on proceeds to say, yeah, I've got rid of Alex Armstrong yeah, unity unity, how is that unity? he's I asked him a question after a game a few, uh, a few weeks back, it might have been a Swindon game actually on New Year's Day where I said what can you do to correct this? Or mentality within the club of, you know, not really believing themselves and whatever like that. And he just gets get get new players. They're not good enough. He's blamed John Akinde and Shaq Colthurst for not doing up, enough up front before. And then I don't get it when we've won a game. I think it was away at Newport when we won a game, and the very next game was against uh, Grimsby at home. And you think, yeah, stick with the winning formula. And mm-hmm. then he goes and changes the whole system, puts a 16-year-old kid at right back with no. M- midfield support and then puts a 17-year-old up front with your top goal scorer out on one wing or wider up front and then you've got the other main top goal scorer from the last two, three seasons on the other side of him. It just doesn't... That doesn't make sense to me. And then we beat Morkham I think the next week, whoever we played again, he changed the whole system again. It just doesn't make sense to me, okay. um, and that's that's his decisions, isn't it? He's brought that upon himself.
0: That's uh, that's fair. I mean, I, I want to stress: I don't. I'm not saying I condone his performance as a manager or anything like that. I'm just saying, on a human level, I feel sorry for him because I, I feel like I understand. Tom, we, you've been silenced for too long. Um, uh, do you want to talk about this, or do you want me to to ask you something else? Well,
3: I want to talk about everything, mate. But let's, <laughs> let's they keep getting
0: about... in the way, don't they? Sorry.
3: No, just two things. I think the, I think uh, Will and Jonathan have actually pretty much covered everything I want to say, apart from these two points, um, regarding the lack of staff. Um, Mark McGee, a bit like ISIS, came out and claimed responsibility for um, Armstrong. Fine. Um, but is that really the act of a man who was meant to be uh, kind of technical director or was that the act of a man who was manager and didn't like this bloke interfering because i i would suggest that if he was technical director all along he might not have gone out of his way to get rid of someone who was helping him given he was only filling in uh you know it's kind of sounds suspicious in my mind uh that you'd sack someone or push for the removal of someone when you are only doing that job on a short-term basis. In the end, it's not going to make a difference. But I assume Graham Wesley will bring in Dino Marmria, Joy, um, to be his number two. Secondly, there is a precedent for managers coping without key staff around them. And I would look at Martin Allen, who in the promotion season, uh, when we won the conference, had no specialised out-and-out goalkeeping coach. He had Graham Stack doing it, so essentially coaching himself and uh, Sam Cowler, who was the number two. Obviously, Stack is, you know, completely qualified to do that, but I'm sure it wouldn't have hurt for him. It would have it would have helped him and lightened his workload if he had uh, someone coaching him. And uh, he didn't have a proper assistant manager either. He just took the kind of counsel of the senior players. So Stack and Nurse and Charlie McDonald, Curtis Weston, so on and so forth. So... I don't think the job has changed that much in kind of three years that uh, it's impossible. It might be harder, but it's not impossible. And I think if he'd have gone to the chairman, I dare say, he could have got some help in one way or another. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's not like these were the cards
0: he was dealt and he had to just deal with it. There was, you know, there were things that he could have done about it. Can I just say, anyone who had Martin Allen in their Barnet Football Club podcast, uh, bingo! Please take a drink. Um, <laughs> it took longer than I thought, to be honest. But but how many minutes in a week? Do you know what? I don't know because the recording I start is from when we very start, first start chatting. So if anyone who anyone cares at this point, I've been in a call with these two numbnuts, or well, these three numbnuts, for over an hour. Um, which
1: one of us? Which one of us did you forget there?
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> good question. Good question. Let's move on. Tom, <laughs> I'll come back to you because you alluded to it and it is it's a an intriguing question why was mark mcgee ever announced as manager how does that make sense in a plan where in a plan where it just how what in what in which plan in which scenario as a club do you want to put out that someone who is apparently now never your manager never was your manager never was supposed to be a manager how does it make sense that you announce him very definitively as your manager it just doesn't does it um I feel like I set you up there. Yeah, it,
3: this is the thing. I don't think anyone would have had a problem if it was said. What has been said since is that he stepped in when Rossi resigned. Fine, that happens. Managers resign at the drop of a hat. We don't know how truth. We don't know how true that is, and we don't know the the timeline. You know, inside out. But if that's the situation, and he goes you know, shit, who do I bring in at this, you know, at uh, this juncture, then yeah, it makes complete sense. Why not bring in Mark McGee to be interim manager? Um, you know, if you're not going to give it to the the number two at the time, Alex Armstrong, then yeah, it makes complete sense. And if he said that, he said, yeah, he is coming in, he's going to be interim manager and he is going to be finding his finding a long-term successor, then that would make complete sense to me. You know, he's got he's got a decent pedigree, and at the time we were relatively positive about the idea of him being manager, I think, weren't we, when we did that podcast? There's the fact that he was announced as manager, and then, oh, hang on, actually, sorry if we miscommunicated, or, you know, you misunderstood, but he was actually, when we announced him as manager, what we really meant was he was technical director, and he would be finding his own replacement, which is just very, very hard to swallow. I think a little bit insulting to the intelligence of... Um, the supporters, especially when it's taken two months because Mark McGee came to the club on November 13th to appoint a manager who's been out of work since last March, April time. So it's not like this is someone that's just become available. Graham Wesley has been there all along, which makes me think or leaves me being a cynical so-and-so to think he has not been on, he has not been given the mandate to find a new head coach for particularly long. Anyway.
1: It, does, it does just sort of Seen from the outside uh, that Mark McGee was given the job unexpectedly. I don't think they were prepared for Rossi to step down. Um, but then he was given the job and he was like, Right, we'll see how you do. Um, and if you do well, we always meant it. We always meant to put you in charge long term. But if you don't, then, you know, we've got, uh, we can, you know, find other avenues out of this. Um, it just seems to me that is the way it's gone um and i don't know when i don't know how when mark mcgee if that is the case when he was told right we need to start looking for a replacement and i think if he was everyone was told he's just a temporary then i think the criticism of mark mcgee would have been less severe and maybe we wouldn't be in this awful mess that we're in right now
0: i can't help but think i don't know i don't know why i'm coming across such a sympathist but I, i do feel really sorry for the book can't help but feel that that's a bit revisionist on our pers- on our behalves because let's be honest had Rossi uh, stepped down and then Mark McGee had been announced uh, had been announced at the time in that manner I think most sensible fans you know uh, the wills of this world if you like would have been outraged because it if you read between the lines it would have looked like Mark McGee had come in and Rossi had been pushed out I think that's I th- I, again I don't really agree with that and the whole thing is a bit stupid but I think that might have been the thinking at the time not that I know and to be honest once can't... it gets below a certain level of intelligence I can't even be bothered go on then Tom
3: Just wanted to add actually I meant to say this earlier but it fits here better now when it's, it all smacks a bit of Kevin Nugent he was announced as head coach last season and you know no one is better placed to tell you how it was done than Will because I was sick and Will was filling in for me at the time he was appointed he was appointed as head coach, and no one had any impression to the contrary. No one was under any impression to the contrary. Then, when he wins one game in 11 matches two mo- after two months, he leaves, and the chairman sort of says, oh, you know, thanks for filling in and kind of steering us through that period. Our ongoing review of all the kind of structure and, and, and uh, key positions is ongoing, and we will find a new permanent head coach soon, i.e., this bloke came in as head coach, stunk the place up so badly that I didn't want to have to take the flack for appointing him in the first place. So we'll just say that he was only ever here to fill in as uh, kind of external interim manager all along. And it's essentially been the same with Mark McGee, hasn't it? And Which is what leads me to feel that, you know, McGee was 100% appointed as full-time manager when he joined the club.
1: It doesn't say how long Graham Wesley's got either. We don't know if he's a full time or if he's another temporary or what have you. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a different manager by the end of the season.
0: I mean, it depends on whether Graham Wesley's just keeping the seat warm for someone else in 11 games' time, doesn't it?
1: Exactly. Um, you never know.
0: Will, you've been silent for a while now, and I'm going to move things along a little bit. Um, do you want to talk about the hiring process behind Kevin Nugent, or do you want to keep that behind closed doors? It's up to you.
2: Um, I don't want to talk about that specifically, but, like, I mean, it's the same point applies I think to Nugent or to to McGee it's it's very simply it's it's one of two things it's either that the club know if you announce someone and you say that they're into it or you say that there's a finite period on their on their contract then you what you risk doing is the moment things start going wrong the pressure is immediately on the club to remove him from post because it sounds like they can be removed very quickly or that they're not there for the long term anyway and so all, all you're doing is you're sort of like Limiting the potential damage that can come later on by announcing them as a permanent manager But what I actually think is is that it's just is essentially poor PR later on uh, Rather than just being honest and saying this didn't work out um, You know the whatever arrangement we came up with it hasn't worked out We're moving on to something new It's trying to sort of rewrite history and make out that something is something that it wasn't and it's I mean it's some honesty in PR in general is usually the best policy because you can't pull the wool over people's eyes. Especially nowadays, I think people are so in tune with the the media game; they're quite sophisticated with that kind of thing. And it's it just kind of I don't know, it stinks of yeah PR that's not very sophisticated.
0: I guess. Um, a bit of a like a personal sort my personal opinion that I kind of want to just run past you all again. Give me a brief stuff. You're an idiot. If you think I'm an idiot, that's fine. In my opinion, a lot of the club's current problems are based on a, a culture of short-termism. Whatever we need to patch up and run into a wall again, and then you know we run into a wall next time, we're nursing two broken bones as opposed to one, we'll patch those two up, run the wall again, it becomes a third broken bone. Um, to me, this is symptomatic of a problem at the club in general. Um, perhaps not you so much, Jonathan, I'll come back to you at the end, because, <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Will, am I an idiot, yes or no?
2: Uh, yeah, I think there is... Do you know what? I think there's the intention of of long termism, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you know, there, there's all these things being put in place, the whole structure around the recruitment and the club. But I think what's happening is that it's not necessarily being done well. And so, what's happening is because of the because of the size of Barnet Football Club that we're all, you know, in terms of club size, and crowd and so forth, there's always the risk that we can be in these positions where we drop out the football league, and it's that's a really big relegation to take. So. Some you you come up with all these grand ideas and you try and be forward thinking, but then you you constantly find yourself in in a position where you have to be short term because you're constantly reacting to the yeah, to the disastrous situation you find yourself in. A bit like now, uh, just very briefly, when I comment before on on PR from the club that wasn't in any way aimed at the media. team there at all. Yeah, it's not there.
0: It's okay. Don't worry. We're gonna get to, we're gonna get to Aaron later. later. Don't it's worry.
2: Some that <laughs> they deal with, sorry. So I don't want to look back <laughs> and criticize something that is
0: isn't their fault don't, you you write me a text while, while we're recording this you tell me exactly what you want to say your criticisms and I'll put my name on them. don't you worry well um, Tom <laughs> am I an idiot yes or no uh,
3: no I thought you actually hit the nail on the head can I just say that it's all okay and this is all now irrelevant because the Brown Wesley era is up and running we lead Enfield 1893 or whatever their number is 1-0 with a Reuben Bobber goal early doors so that will probably be the end of his Barnett
0: career given he's not 6 foot 4 and 20 stone uh, excellent
3: is
0: that is that what you uh pinged the chat about no oh, okay I'll be, ch- I'll be checking that out later um jonathan you, even if you know you, you've not got great insight into this you're more than welcome to just call me an idiot for the sake of it if you want
1: uh i'll never turn that opportunity down <laughs>
0: <laughs> the wisest um, of all really
1: <laughs> uh yeah you're an idiot in general um but Yeah, I I don't really know much on the inside as much as you guys do. As I said earlier, I just turn up for the games on the weekend and watch them talk about them. And that's as much as my involvement in the club goes. You guys know a little bit more about me.
0: Cool. Okay, so uh, we'll move on then. Um, I'm going to go back to you, Jonathan. Um, So obviously in the process of appointing the manager, it sounds like at various times we were close to the mad dog and we were close to... The Wadfather, which, uh, Will, did you find that on Twitter? Where did, who picked that up? And
2: on Twitter came up with it, which I thought was great.
0: Thank you. So, so yeah, so we were close at various points to Mad Dog and the Wadfather. Um, anything you want to add on that, Jonathan?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, one Uh, one second. Will's Will's in the middle of, were you okay, then, Will?
2: Yeah, there seems to be some kind of like, festival of some kind going past my window <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that I might sort of just relocate while you guys are chatting to uh, avoid avoid loads of
0: noise and the sound I can think of it it's like a bit of a drummy background there nice yeah this is what happens when you do things on holiday you shouldn't go on holiday Well, it's your fault
1: especially in the middle <laughs> of the season damn straight Exactly. yeah What's what's the question again <laughs> Mark, Mark it, wasn't, Allen, was it?
0: it wasn't really a question it was just that you know it seemed like we were close to Mandog and the Wadfather at various points
1: yeah let's put it this way um, I think most people would have been more happy with with either of them two uh, to me this appointment of Graham Wesley goes beyond football um, I think this appointment needs to be someone who can actually fix the club um, by being the first man first port of call so to speak with with the supporters, we don't hear from the chairman as much as we hear from the manager. Um, and Martin Allen, despite his, you know, constant leaving the club uh, and then coming back, and is somewhat fractured relationship with the fans. It's a lot better of a relationship than Graham Wesley. Um, and I, I've said it to you guys before. I think you know, way back when Martin Allen, he just did, did things that made people feel happy. He did things that made people feel connected to the club but I think Mark McGee really missed the trick on I think previous managers have also missed it where there's an opportunity to sing the praises of the fans or what have you because they turn up they travel all these stupid distances uh, just to go and watch Barnet and this season especially they've been going to watch Barnet lose more often than not Um, there's an opportunity to praise them or say look I know how you feel we feel exactly the same I like how you just said that that they
0: all travel really stupid distances. Then (laughs) basically mugged all the fans off. Then followed it up with there's an opportunity to praise them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, they're not stupid. It's just you know traveling to Carlisle, which is you know borderline Scotland, is that's a long way. If you know what I mean. So it's I mean there's Martin Allen. What is it? The first year we got back in, Martin Allen did things that not not many other managers would do, and not many other managers would even consider doing where I think the players were getting off the bus. It was an early kick-off, if I remember correctly, Carlisle away. The players are getting off the bus, and there's this sort of 10, 11-year-old fan there just watching you know, his his team get off the bus, and Martin Allen clocks him and says, do you fancy being our mascot today? Out of nowhere. And then this kid's got a chance to walk out on the pitch of his idols. That's something that's really going to endear a lot of fans to him. All training sessions are open to the public, I believe, aren't they? Still, Yeah. Uh, I believe so. I mean, it would be tough for them not to be... you. <laughs> well, um, what was it? Two two ladies, Barnet fans, ladies, who you know just wandered down to the training ground at a watch of what Martin Allen was doing on the training ground, and he clocked them and said, you know, do you fancy joining me in an interview in the build-up to a game on the weekend glorious. for the website? And that, that's brilliant, and that's so endearing, and that really makes... It's an easy thing to do, and it makes such a massive difference to... Uh, the fans' perspective of who's in charge, and he really does care about the fans. He really does care about the club. He made a real great sense of community for this club that isn't that big. Um, Mark McGee, I think he praised the supporters once. Yeah, you know, I, I mean,
0: I'm not disagreeing. Uh, and again, I'm not. I, I don't. I, this isn't even about Mark McGee as a sentence, to be honest with you. But just in general, I, I'm very trying to be very careful about how I word this, and I lack the intelligence to phrase this with the like the subtlety that it needs but barnet fans aren't the sort of fans you would go around praising if that makes sense no, no we don't have no, hooliganism that's you know that's good we don't get in trouble but we also don't really have great fans
1: no uh, to a degree I, I agree it's a small club so you're going to have a small fan base um, but what i the point i was trying to make is especially this season there's such a disconnect between the fans and the club I think Will said it. He's been a fan for 25 years. He's never felt so despondent about Barnet Football Club before. He needs need someone who's going to sort of bring that connection back, if you know what I mean. Martin yeah. Allen would have been perfect for it. Mark McGee just saw things in a very blunt, I'm here, football is the mat- order of business. I'm here to do football. I'm not here to bother with anybody else. Yeah. Um, there was no, I mean, Rossi g- made a great effort to get to know people around the club. Martin Allen did that. Kevin Nugent did it to an extent, he got to know us the press um, and he would listen to what the fans had to say I believe um, Mark McGee, you know, you ask him a question outside of you know, just if you bumped into him you'd ask him a question and he'd just get simple yes or no answers there's no effort to actually get to know the fans get to know uh, who the, these people are that are backing you, and I think that's a much more of an error than it would originally say.
0: Okay, that's, that's fair um, Right, I'm going to give this one sentence thing another go Bearing in mind, we had positive feedback on it last time, gentlemen. We're going to try one more time. Will, of Graham Wesley, Mark McGee, uh, Mad Dog, Wadfather, or an Other, what would you have preferred to have been the outcome here? Um, oh, oh is it? No, he's here. Okay, good. In terms of in terms of
2: staying up in the short term, my preference would have been Martin Allen, but in terms of over the next few years, it would have been Gary Wallet.
0: Lovely. Thank you for that fantastically succinct answer. Tom, do you want to give it a go? It won't hurt. Mad dog. Martin Allen, Mad Dog. Martin Allen, Mad Dog. <laughs> uh Jonathan?
1: Uh yeah, pretty much what Will said, really. Um I think my first choice would have been Martin Allen, but yeah, Gary Waddock after he would have been he would have been just as good, I
0: suppose. Cool. Okay. So do I want to? I'm just gonna. Okay, one. Well, I'm, I'm gonna go back again. Will Graham Wesley from you? Is it a yes or a no?
2: It's a no for me.
0: Thank you. Um, okay. Well, ca- carry on then. Go on then.
2: Well, no. It's just to say that, like, I think there are things within his skill set that that might be beneficial to us. But in terms of everything from how divisive it is with the fans, um, his the reputation that precedes him, sort of in terms of his alleged difficult. Personality and sort of football style as well. I, I, I think that the negatives override the positives. You want me to keep it
0: brief. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Tom, yes or no, Graham Wesley? No. Okay. No Thank you. Uh, and Jonathan?
1: No, he doesn't. Yeah, first reaction would be no. Uh, but if you can do the job, I think it's worth giving anybody, regardless of who they are, you have to give them a chance. And if you can do the job, then. Who am I to complain? Really, I agree with that.
0: I, I mean, let's
3: so be honest. Will's so going to support him anyway. That, but if he proves me wrong, then yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Essentially,
0: that's fair. Okay. So um, this has kind of been my favourite bit of the week. Um. So I, I ignored the Q and A. Right. I didn't really care about it. Uh, We've done them it before. It's generally the same thing. Um. But this was the gift that kept on giving. This was fantastic. Um. Tom, you've not spoken in a while and I know you get you get upset when you don't get to talk for a while. Do you want to just, just talk about what happened? <laughs> just, it was brilliant, but go on.
3: Okay. Um, yeah, it was the gift that kept on giving, wasn't it? Um, I think after the statement about not abusing the staff and players, uh, there was another backlash and the chairman probably sensed that the natives were more restless than ever. So... Uh, agreed to do launched a and a Q&A, which you know is no bad thing the club get criticised a lot for not answering fans questions and not being transparent enough and that was the case when I was there even and I'm sure Will would it would echo that so yeah not a bad thing to do in principle but the kind of level of and, and the thing <laughs> it just got repetitive after a while didn't it because he, he vowed to answer every question and uh, a lot of them were the same and as we were saying before we came on air a lot of them didn't necessarily even, uh, not that he didn't need an answer, but whatever he said is irrelevant because uh, what happens will be the answer. I.e. Who's going to be manager? How quickly are we going to get a manager, et cetera, et cetera? And it kind of really it boiled down to about kind of nine or 10 things I tried to boil it down to the other day, which kind of ranged from what I've said there about who would be manager, what happens after relegation, what's the structure, are you ever going to sell up? Why is everything so expensive? And after that, there were pretty irreverent, kind of irrelevant questions as well. Um, did we learn a lot? Probably not. The big gem, I think, was that uh, Mark McGee was technical director. Uh, we, we didn't know this and uh, we don't believe it, but that was <laughs> what we were told. But apart from that, you know, a lot of it. You know a lot of it's the same old stuff you know we're not we're not going to go back to Barnet. Um, we're here we're committed to developing this site and making this site the, making the very best of this site um, you know ticket prices are what they are because or this is you know I'm paraphrasing what the chairman said here because of you know the lack of attendance and the cost of work having a club in London and we have lots of deals on and so on and so forth so he's not going to change that either so and I'm, I hate to say it, but the answers are pretty much going to be the same if we do. If there's another one in five years' time, I would imagine, unless they've tumbled to you know the Spartan South Midlands Premier Division, he might drop them to twenty quid. But apart from that, it's going to be you know uh, it's going to be repeat,
0: repeat, repeat, repeat. there will still be twenty-five quid. which blame inflation.
1: Yeah. Could we physically? Could we physically drop to that division in five years?
0: Probably not. No. no. <laughs>
1: not without double
0: relegation, isn't no. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. So, you've covered the main things there, to be honest, Tom. A couple of things you didn't touch on in terms of the football side, and I know you wanted to actually mention this. I'm, su- I'm, I'm surprised and disappointed at you, young man. Um, I don't know what yes. Doing, so, that's bad, isn't it? <laughs> we know that, that Mark McGee uh, wasn't actually manager, in quotes. Oh, yeah. um, we've heard of a new head of recruitment called Matt Green, which, correct me if I'm wrong, none of us knew about. No, I heard that there was one, but I didn't know who
3: he was and I wasn't really sure what he actually did. Because I think, like most people, when James Thorne came back to the club, or was it the end of last season or right, right right, at the beginning of the summer? We kind of assumed that was his role and that he would be doing the kind of director of football-y things, i.e. helping with the managerial process at that point, appointing Rossi, identifying and signing players... And kind of putting a proper structure in place because I think what people probably don't necessarily realise or know is how much of a beating the club took last season in terms of the number of staff that left and what have you and what was... and how they kind of limped on to the end of the season. So I think, you know, he was going to be... My reading was he was going to be in charge of all those things. And as it transpired, he only really had the August window where he was helping with recruitment. And because... um, we've now got we've now got um we've now got Matt Green as uh, director of football which is which is no, fine. no head, head of
0: recruitment sorry sorry poor tom <laughs> what have you did you no, have you, what yeah. have you been drinking today
3: uh not enough water apparently <laughs> uh, so essentially we've got a guy doing the recruitment a guy doing i think James Thorne isn't really massively in on the football but the sounds of by what was there was one good question about um, you know, what are their kind of difference between their jobs? And it sounded to me, and you can read it for yourselves, I think it was in one of the last two or three sets of questions. It sounded to me a lot like James Thorne doesn't really actually have a lot to do with the football and he's more
0: kind of looking after the staff. It sounded to um, me like James Thorne's job description is part, in a football sense, club secretary, and part, yeah. um, if you take it away from football, an analogous role would be like the operations manager. The person who yeah. keeps things ticking over but isn't the, you know, the production manager who's directly responsible for producing goods or services or whatever. Yeah, that's it. He's essentially an organiser. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's. Oh. It, I think he's supposed to be the foundation that enables the actual the department to actually function. I don't know that. That's just from what I read. I read the same answer as yourselves, but I think that's how that's supposed to work. He, yeah. he provides the base for the football operation to, to operate.
3: If you kind of exclude him from the running of the football, of making things happen on the football side and you've still got Mark McGee and um, and, and, Ma- and Mark Green, Matt Green sorry um, operating above Graham Wesley now and it's I kind of think you know it's all very well and good having all of this. but you know as as Mark McGee complained there, w- there has been no goalkeeping coach. this is not a new thing this happened last season. And normally you would go, okay, the first team goalkeeping coach has left. This is not, you know, this isn't, this doesn't reflect badly on Barnet. If anything, it reflects well that he's gone to a championship club. um Just promote the academy goalkeeping coach in the meantime. Oh, wait, there doesn't appear to be one. And that was the case last season. So it's those kind of things. I just think, get the basics right, you know, try and walk before you can run. But then we were getting into a whole philosophical debate, weren't we? Or, Philosophicals overstretching it, but uh, yeah, not with us. Debate about whether, you know, do you get the structure at the top right and then worry about the stuff underneath? It's, it's essentially, is it a top down approach or uh, bottom up? And personally, I would say you probably
0: want bottom up, but that's just me. So, in true form, I know Will and I are on opposing sides of this debate because that's how destiny is, has forced us to be. Destiny um, will take over. Will, why are you incorrect in thinking that you don't want a director of football at this level of football? Because
2: I I think that that what it does is it puts managers off taking the role at this level because it's still a a level of football where generally you have one man in complete control. You look at Paul Tisdale. Actually, they do they do have a, they did have a director of football there. Oh, yeah. close. Uh, Steve Perryman no. Yeah, see Perryman. Uh, he's leaving at the end of this year. Uh, but I just think that we we may well have found the situation this situation now where you're trying to get managers to come into the club, and yeah, they're looking at it and going, "Well, I don't have complete autonomy over what I do," um, and it, also not just that, but also you can be blamed for other people's mistakes. The manager always carries the can. So if um, the director of football brings in you know, 10 players that are no good and you've got to work with them and you do badly, then your reputation takes a dent. You can see it a little bit now at Fulham with, um, Slavisa Jokanovic who is essentially getting as thrust on him, who, whether they're good players or not, he doesn't want to play them and he doesn't play them. Now he's still doing quite well in spite of that, but it's not a good, a good situation to have. And it, in fact, we, we even saw it at Barnet recently where, you know, some of the players that came in over the course of that sort of January recruit, Christmas recruitment last year, um, you know they weren't necessarily favoured by whichever manager was in charge at the time, um, and you know, and then ended up sort of not getting in the first. Year. I'm trying to think of. Um,
0: sorry, what was his name? Sorry, what well, this? See, this is interesting to me because f- that w- I would make the, exactly that same point as an argument for a director of football, because so the point of a director of football, as I understand it. Is that you may change managers you have obviously players going through their careers but a director of football acts as a stabilizer over a a prolonged period right so director of football says here's the type of football we want to play here's where we want to be in five years he's going to find a manager who will oversee that in a short term because let's be honest managers are becoming increasingly short-term oriented and then he will begin to scout and find and develop through the academy players that will suit that plan Yeah, the director of football puts the plan in place similar to like um, uh, a project manager in a a different workplace Um, so when you talk about the signings in January to me those happen because we don't have a director of football who is saying here's our style of play in a a strong way you know this is how we're going to play this is how we're going to do it these are the players we need this is the style of manager we need these are the members of staff that manager needs to support them and and carrying on from there
2: yeah well I think it, it works if the director of football can, can guarantee that you'll consistently have the same type of manager who will favour the same type of players, but as we know, that's especially at this level where a lot of managers you know, play different styles, you know, you've got a lot of Route 1 managers sort of Martin Allen, Graham Wesley, the chances of that... It's, you, you, the manager you've got is dictated by the situation you're in at the time, so the, 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 that can so, change so quickly, as we've seen now, like where we've gone from Rossi to the complete opposite. Let's
3: and if it's... you have a threat,
2: the, Finally, the then you know then you've got the you've got a load of players that potentially the next manager doesn't want i'm just i just i just think keep it simple get a manager in let them have control over it bring in the players we've always done best as a club when we've had that you know john still paul fairclough martin allen all the best managers we've had have basically just had a direct relationship with the chairman at the top and got in their own their own stuff when you overcomplicate things it's never really worked for us so far
1: okay who who brought those players in in January last season,
2: because I don't, Rossi didn't do it. It,
1: was sure a bit
3: of bits, it wasn't it. Certainly, I think the chairman signed Dan Sweeney, for example. He was suggested by Fairclough, and but Rossi really wanted Simeon Akinola, I believe.
1: Because um, yeah, like it was a bit the, of a mix. The player that you were on about, I think you were just about to say his name. Will uh, a player who couldn't get into the first team to save his life, despite being a relatively big signing in January, was that Luke Coulson? who signed him oh yeah who signed him and I I don't know when James Thorne was appointed but I'm sure I remember seeing him uh, around games more towards the back end of last season um, just sort of, you know around after games I just remember seeing him so I can't know when he was appointed just saying
0: yeah i mean you raise a great point um jonathan where do you stand on that are you pro director of football or pro um i don't want to sound i don't want to sound like i'm biasing it but i kind of think like the dictator manager what's a good word for it will what's the what's the appropriate term for that type of manager
2: um i suppose they're all assuming aren't they they're in kind of complete complete control of proceedings i'm not too sure i mean uh, somehow i a dictatorship sounds negative but in this sense we sort of mean it in a positive I
0: guess (laughs) excellent so um, yeah Jonathan which side of the fence do you sit on?
1: Uh, at this level I I side against a director of football it works well in a lot of foreign countries especially in Germany I believe
0: Um, all of continental Europe director of football is is a crucial role
1: yeah so it works well there I don't know this is just the English being so different to the rest of Europe isn't it we, we never do well in the World Cups and European Europe, European Championships and what have you um, it might be our English ways of stubbornness and whatever, you but it, it, very traditional managers especially the ones we were searching for experienced manager at lower league level they want to be in charge of everything and that that means transfers that means coaching staff and whatever else they don't want someone else saying, "This is a player that I bought." Now work with him. They don't. They don't like that. There aren't a lot of yes men people, and I don't think Graham
0: Wesley is. Sorry, one that second. Type of My person. Windows 10 has just decided to scream about an update. Could you just repeat that last sentence? And I'm sorry to anyone who had to hear that.
1: Um, yeah, there's not a lot of yes men people in football, and I don't think Graham Wesley is one of those type of people who would accept someone saying this is a player I thought, you've got to work with him. Um, Graham Wesley's not going to like that. I think Barnett searched for the wrong type of person if they're going to stick with this structure. Uh, Graham Wesley struck me as a bit of a more of a, an appointment, just with desperate get someone who knows what they're doing. Um, a lot of directors of footballs in, in this country as well, when they're new, they're always asked the question sort of, you know, how do you, or new managers, they're always asked the question, how do you work with the director of football Is he just solely sign who he wants or do they you know do they uh, interact about it I'm sure there's some sort of interaction but when we've only got like two three weeks to interact over transfers and Mark McGee's been saying he's been searching for ages about transfers w- these could all go up in the air as soon as West. Wesley says no I don't actually work with that type of person
0: I mean, you're right. There's, do you know, there's enough content in the last like week alone for us to record two or three podcasts. It's ridiculous. The amount, the amount of information that's been coming out from the club and the, the Ferrari that surrounds it, and we've we've not really touched on how the fans have reacted to most of these things. And wow, there's just so much more to go on about. But we could be here forever, and we're normally here forever, so I, I, I don't know what to do. Um, Jonathan, I would ask though of the Q and A, what were like your big two or three highlights?
1: Um, you know what you you said you were avoiding it um, I didn't avoid it but I've been very busy so I haven't actually looked at uh, a lot of the stuff um, but I've seen a lot of the stuff that you guys have all been talking about uh, between us and I think if you want me to single out one highlight I think it might be new you so I think I said it didn't uh, you use the answer fake news or the, the phrase that phrase in one of the answers if you're asking for a highlight that would be it <laughs> Joe you're right I
0: should put one of mine <laughs> Tom, do you have a, a highlight from, from the Q&A?
1: Oh, do you
3: know what? I've read them all, and I was desperately trying to rack my brains throughout Jonathan's answer to think, this is my highlight. It was the fact that we found out Mark McGee was, you know, definitely the only ever technical director. I promise you that was what he was brought in to do, honest gov. Um, aside from that, I don't know, because as I say, I think most of it we've heard before, you know, the ticket prices is are as cheap as they can be the structure i guess yeah learning that this is the structure and um this is you know this is what this is how we want to run it because as i say a lot of the rest of it is kind of oh yeah we'll try and improve this or we'll try and improve that we've heard it before it may improve it may get completely forgotten overnight so i think you know knowing that we've got this structure because i am You'd ever ask me if I like Director of Football V, but I think I probably made it clear that I do I do want the Director of Football model. Um, and I think it can be successful at any level. It's just a case of actually letting it be successful and actually letting people do their jobs rather than having this kind of hodgepodge that we've had for the last ever long where, you know, there's there's a Director of Football, but he doesn't really actually have complete autonomy on transfers or the final say on transfers and you know someone else is responsible for appointing staff and you know someone else does contracts and you either have to commit to it or not because if you don't commit to it then it definitely won't work and that's the kind of my overarching feeling you know towards it now if we allow if we
0: give it a fair chance then it might work then it could work if we mm-hmm. don't it definitely won't okay uh will just a highlight from you about the q and a the
2: only one was probably as tom said yeah you know, a bit of info that was probably needed or certainly needed to be communicated to the fans about the um the structure of the club apart from that is there's nothing like, like like tom just said there's nothing new it's it, it's a, the answers are quite obvious you know ticket prices you either think they're too high or you don't and you know, the chairman doesn't um moving back to barnet you either think that's a good thing or a bad thing and you know, the chairman doesn't I, I I just think, like, we know the answers to this stuff. It's just a question of whether you, as a fan, agree with it or not. There wasn't really much for me that came out that was new.
0: Okay, fair enough. So there's... (sighs) Right, we've got to talk about Wesley, because people have been now... Well, this is probably, at this point, going to be about an hour, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit bit less. People are going to want to be hearing about Wesley. Can I just preface this by saying that... um, I know football isn't a very moral-friendly game. You know, you kind of got to check your morals at the door if you want to get into football. Increasingly these days, Ryan Giggs has just been announced as Wales manager, I believe. Um, and I don't want to be the big softy of the pod, but I, I just—I re- it kills football for me that people who are just such—I can't think of a word that's podcastable, but it's a negative word. The fact that these people just seem to roam freely through the fields of football, just turns my stomach and puts me off the whole sport I, I, I don't even want to talk about wesley he's just that much of again I, there's no word that's podcastable that comes to my mind but i just that it just sickens me and it just sickens me that as a, as someone who was a fan of the club who has worked at the club whatever who has always said you know said to people younger than me it's a family club let's go down when you're free one weekend whatever um it just it oh it boils my blood that this is the, this is the position we find ourselves in I know it's very strong, and I don't think any anyone even listening will feel as strongly as I will. But I just I just wanted to say that's how I feel about it. Right, on to the actual serious stuff. Um, Jonathan, you've kind of been shunted out recently, so I'll ask you first. What, what do you think we're going to get from Graham Wesley?
1: Uh, I think we're going to get a very sort of military feel around the rest of the season in terms of playing uh, the football we're going to go with he's always been a very traditional, direct um, style. He does have a track record for sorting out defences. There's one question we got on Twitter where I think the perfect phrase is used. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to use it. It's one sort of naughty word, but it's a rocket up the backside. Um, (laughs) That that might just be the perfect way to put it really. He is going to come in and he's not going to take any players slacking you've got to work if you want to play if you want to earn a better contract here or elsewhere if you whether you want to be here or not you've got to perform um, it's going to be that sort of feel around the club for the rest of the season um, we desperately need some sort of uh, reaction okay. compared to the soft goals that we've been conceding uh, throughout this season so we need someone who's going to sort out of defence and he, he has a track record of doing that So, um, but yeah it's not going to be an enjoyable watch uh, if you enjoy watching Barcelona play, but if you want to see Barnett win a game ugly, then it might just be the way. That's just looking at things from a football side of point of view.
0: I mean, we've uh, had, we've had great success winning ugly. That's I, I actually like Martin Allen, but that is you know that's how he won his games winning ugly. Um, Will uh, does it does it show that I'm speeding through the Graham Wesley section? <laughs> what, what what are we going to get from Graham Wesley? What are you expecting from his era?
2: Um I'm expecting it to be very successful or very unsuccessful. So I think that that really
0: got, narrows it down. what on
2: Well, I think it's going to go. It's going to be polarised essentially. So I think that um, he's got obviously got a very clear regime that he that he works to. The players get trained really, really hard. Um, you know, it's all about organising the defence, set pieces, at very route one. Um, and it's it's worked for him in the past. You know, Stevenage when he when he kind of Managed to build a team in his image of, sort of six foot plus giants. He, he was incredibly successful, but the whole thing just fell to pieces at Newport, where I think he, it seems like he alienated pretty much everyone at the club. And I think that it's a it's a question of which Graham are you're going to get, um, and partly whether Barnet is a club that's suited to his to his style. I do think that some managers suit certain clubs. You know, Martin Allen and the way he operates, obviously was well matched to Barnet. and I think that you know if if it's a if it's a perfect fit it, yeah it could it could all go very well and it could give the the rocket up the backside to the players who perhaps have had a slightly soft you know soft time with McGee and and Rossi I don't know um but yeah, he's, you can't, obviously you can't predict exactly. But
0: I do think it's going to be one end or the other. Can I right, just qu- to question that? I, I don't want to talk about Wesley for that long. But do we really think he's going to be harder than McGee was? Is yeah, I really? Think, I think I
2: don't, I think, I don't think, so. think he's actually a hard a hard bloke. Is he? I mean, he's a, he, I understand that he's he's a relatively cerebral individual. He's actually quite softly spoken. I don't think okay. he's a pit bull that it, people it imagine seems to be
3: extraordinarily gruff and kind of uh, what have you he's actually yeah he's quite you wouldn't if you just met him and you, if you just landed on Mars or he just landed on Mars this is a very mixed metaphor it's a very weird way of saying I'm excited by if, where you're going so I'm gone if you were told his reputation and you met him you'd be pretty stunned he comes across very different to how we might imagine uh, some other time
0: Okay, when, uh, Tom, sorry, when sorry I... Jonathan, I've got to let Tom talk because otherwise he's going to punch me when he next sees me and he's much bigger than I am. Tom, the Wesley era, what, what, are, what are you expecting?
3: Yeah, everything that the boys have said, I think. Um, and I don't think, the thing is, you know, we're talking about the kind of style of football as if it's a negative, uh, you know, it'll keep us up. If it, sorry, it will keep us up, that's a very bold prediction. It could keep us up and if it does, then that will be forgiven. Um, you know, and as you say, we've had Martin Allen, and there's a difference between just pumping it long and hoping for the best, and playing a direct but kind of more structured kind of way with a plan. You know, people always used to to draw on my own experience. People always used to bash Watford of the '80s under Graham Taylor, and you know, kind of tag them as a long ball team, and you know, kind of lump them with the long ball tag, and the players. And Watford fans and Taylor himself would always say, no, it's not long balls. We're not just aimlessly pumping it into the box, you know, kind of pomo style. We are playing long passes and getting the ball forward quickly because it gives us the best opportunity to score. So, you know, there is a difference. And I think Martin Allen, you would say probably sometimes it was just pump into the box and put five, six foot plus people in there. But a lot of the time it was a bit more. A little bit more nuanced or there's a little bit more of a plan than that anyway it's all irrelevant if we stay up by playing the worst football possible and we don't score a goal from open play between now and the end of the season it will be job done um so that's fine but the problem is obviously uh, his history and kind of running battles with Barnett as a Stevenage manager and I think morally obviously the the Farnborough um episode which if you haven't read then we tweeted earlier today and we'll tell you about how to follow us on Twitter later a good piece from 200% dot com about his time at Farnborough and you know just why he just what a kind of uh, reprehensible act that was albeit a long time ago now it shouldn't be forgotten and uh, I think it's a combination of those things that people um, that make this that mean this appointment whether it's logical or not isn't a good fit for Barnet and kind of a bit of a kick in the teeth for Barnet supporters as well
0: yeah I, mean, I must admit Will's put on a very brave face throughout this pod but his reaction to the news yesterday in our whatsapp, ch- uh, WhatsApp group wasn't quite as happy <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Right. I mean what can I say I like to be a professional on air but, um, <laughs> I wasn't yeah I mean look I've got no issue at all with the fact he's the ex stevenage manager. I, to be honest, I really couldn't care less. Like I just think that's not really that important when it comes to you know, when it comes to football. There's an element of rivalries that are a little bit kind of contrived, aren't they? Um yeah, I agree. my my bigger issue is with his sort of alleged behaviour at previous clubs and the you know, as you say, maybe read up about the Farnborough thing, which wasn't if accurate based on that article, is not one of the more well that's one of the least less pleasant sides of football isn't it and i, I just think like i said to you guys but before we went on air like the, the appointment just kind of made me sad and i guess that that really sums up for me that like we found ourselves in a situation where we've messed things up so much to the point where the only hope we seem to have of staying up is appointing someone who is essentially at odds with everything everything barnet if you like and i, I as a, as a fan like every other management manager we've appointed whether I thought they were a good appointment or not I've really you know really got behind them the first few games but going into this one of course you know you always back the new manager and you want us to stay up but this is just tinged with that element of kind of oh really, are we that sort of are we that desperate we had to sort of like remove all our morals and scruples and appoint someone who's yeah not what I think football all about but you know everyone's different
1: i guess if Fair he enough. doesn't get a win in his first two or three games, he is in so much trouble with the fans.
0: I think the club is. I honestly, I do feel like um, if this doesn't, if he doesn't hit the ground running, um, I think this will be one. I mean, we've. It seems like at the moment we're just shooting ourselves in the foot in terms of managerial appointments. But if if uh, Wesley doesn't hit the ground running, this could be ugly in a way that I don't think I've ever seen at the club. Right on onto. Actually, no, one final thing, one final thing. Uh, and let's go for one word answer, and then you get one sentence to back it up. Jonathan, if you can't stick to this, I'm going to disconnect <laughs> you. I swear to God. Right. <laughs> Are we going to stay up, Jonathan? Yes or no? Uh,
1: uh, in my head, no.
0: Okay, uh, and then you have a sentence I, to back it up, so why, why'd you say that?
1: I just think he's got too much to handle and too many people to please before he can turn it all around and i think the negative attitude around the whole club will uh, prove too much for him
0: okay um will in one word yes or no no oh that's big from you well you're like mr mr positivity and the the verdict there's like the, sorry the uh the, the sort of the sentence to back it up to back up your verdict english is such a hard language um,
2: well, I mean, there's the, there's the caveat that we could really pull something out of the bag, recruitment-wise, at Christmas. But as it stands, the um, not at Christmas, yeah, yeah, over the uh, January transfer window. With you, as no it stands, um, I don't think we've got a squad that, in terms of their skills, will match the style that Westy plays, and I think that will be our undoing.
0: Tom, in one word, no. And your one sentence to back it up?
3: I think his record. And previous achievements have been centred around building clubs and taking clubs up or forward, not keeping them up. Uh, He was appointed to do that at Newport. He failed miserably and they
0: stayed up without him. And that's my biggest kind of concern, um, really. So for me, it's also a no, which makes this unanimous. And my reason is fairly simple. I just think the rot has set in, you know, the the like the footballing debt, if you like, has set in. Too many bad decisions in too short a period of time has, has multiplied. Um, on to positive stuff. So like I said, I was uh, not checking social media or anything like that today. Um, Tom, you set up a Twitter account, so do you want to talk about that? Yes, yes we have a Twitter with New Year, New Us. We're trying to do it properly. And Can't believe that... you just New Year, New Us to carry on. No, and by
3: that, you <laughs> mean... We'll attempt to podcast more regularly, won't happen. We'll attempt to cut them down, won't happen. But we have at least got one centralised uh, place for all our business now, which is Barnet underscore podcast on Twitter. And there is a website coming. Uh, should I give that URL out? Or are we Yeah, 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 go for it, yeah. yeah. That is going to be Officers Club Pod, all one word, none of your hyphens or underscores dot com officersclubpod.com. so we asked for your questions on twitter earlier and we got a really really good response we've got loads of questions some of them
0: were repeats and some of them i think we've already answered but we're going to go through a few of them now aren't we yeah so uh forgive anyone who's listened to the pod because my mic and my mouse are right next to each other so <laughs> if you hear a lot of annoying clicking that's me i apologize um just one thing as well, on the website, I will get something up and running sooner rather than later, but it's worth bookmarking that URL to anyone who has, I don't know, a slight caring for anything we have to say. I mean, honestly, at this point, it's just parents left. So, um, first question is from Aaron Pullen. Aaron is the current press officer at Barnet Football Club, and his was, why aren't you attending the Middlesex Senior Cup quarterfinal this evening? Um, I have a question for you, Aaron. Why didn't my question to the chairman get answered? Uh, anyone got an answer to aaron's question well you live so we in
1: can the, record this
0: will
3: is in spain and jonathan and i have better things to do namely recording this podcast
0: <laughs> there you go um do you know what tom did you you said you had a little list of these uh, questions up yeah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna hand over to you and you, you can now become the the correspondent oh, to the masses I, I can i can share this shambles for five minutes um <laughs> Okay, yes, let's whittle through them. Um, first
3: one <clears throat> is from uh, Daniele uh who's sent questions in before. Uh, Daniele, let us know how you say your surname, because I'm sure we're butchering it. Um, if the Wesley appointment doesn't work out, should that put McGee's position, as whatever his job title is, at risk, as he was tasked with finding a new head coach? He is clearly despised by most Barney fans already, so should TK look to get rid of McGee?
0: Staffy, why don't you go first? <laughs> um, oh, put me on the spot. I can't even find the question. There's so many, like so many notifications. I'm not used to this. I get like one mention a week from like a fake Russian something. account. If it goes badly for Wesley, is McGee's head on the chopping block as well? Um, I think McGee's head is on the chopping block purely because the fans really, really dislike him, and uh, nothing that I say will change that. Is the obvious first thing to say and I think in terms of Wesley it's super obvious to me um, it, it, he has to hit the ground running What well, I mean I just said it just now it, if he doesn't hit the ground running I, I, it feels like I don't know I don't know if it's just being more like it's more hyperbole the longer we go on but it does genuinely feel like we're always saying stuff like, I've never seen the fans in this much disarray or whatever. I didn't support the club back in the, is it Stan Flashman days when the club nearly, nearly went bankrupt or whatever else it was? But it does feel like the club is just just spiraling out of control at the moment.
3: Yeah, that is a pretty accurate summation, I'll say. Let's, do, let's take it one at a time on each of these, shall we? Rather than giving three answers to each question, because there are quite a few questions to us. It. Uh, Jonathan, you can have this. Has TK taken the club as far as he can? And that is from James Harrison.
1: Ah, uh, good question. Um, I don't know. I think he... Uh, he needs to be more realistic in his ambitions if he wants to take it any further. And by that, I mean he needs to not aim for the top straight away. He needs to deal with it gradually. Not panic, I suppose. Um if he wants to stick with his structure, stick to your guns because at the moment he, he said a little while back that he, he didn't like the style of football we played under Martin Allen um, and now we've gone exactly back to that sort of style of football. Um, so, he needs to be stick to his guns a little bit more. He needs to probably invest a little bit more in terms of players. Uh, we haven't really had a proper marquee signing for a good while. Uh, the last marquee in inverted commas uh, sign it that we actually made I believe officially was like Kevin Lisby who played about one game for us and, well,
3: what about Nicky Paper? Yeah. if there's anybody out there who scores goals and has got ginger hair
1: yeah well he, he did do much for us the second time around though did he no um, in my time in my time covering the club anyway so yeah we, we need if you want to really progress then you've got to invest some more money um, but if, if he's not willing to do that then yeah he can't take the club much further can he
3: no, absolutely. Sam Collins says, has this one been taken? That's brilliant. If we could be bothered to edit, we'd edit that one out. Um, this is where you get professionals in. With Barnett sleepwalking towards relegation might now unavailable. The club needed a firework up their backside and surely no one is better at this than Wesley. Also, would fans prefer Wesley or relegation? Will, you're a
2: fan. Oh, you've been a this one there, haven't you? Yeah. Um, is is Wesley the firework up the backside? No, I don't think he is. Well, I mean, I think he probably is. But if you like, like you alluded to, Tom, I, I wanted to mention earlier really how good a point it was that if that's not what he's been good at over you know his managerial career. He's not a firefighter. There's no evidence to suggest that. You know, Newport was the only situation where he really found himself in that position, and he did terribly. Is when he's actually had a chance to build teams at Stevenage, that he's been good. So I'm not sure that. He is the you know the rock out of the backside. Even though in terms of his sheer also personality, that is probably something that he'll bring he'll bring to the table. Um, what was the second part of the
0: question? Do uh, fans is. prefer Wesley or relegation?
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's as close a call as you can get. I think <laughs> in terms of in terms of like if you're going to appoint a manager, there's almost no situation where fans would prefer relegation. But they found the one manager where you might get some fans you genuinely would, you would prefer to go down and have Graham Wesley in charge. For me, like it's it's the least palatable option, but I would still prefer to stay up. And I, I, I do think that that would probably be the, the opinion of most supporters,
1: I would think. T at the moment, most people will probably say, yeah, you know what, I I don't like this decision. I wouldn't actually mind if he did it bad just to prove me right. Therefore, if the club got relegated serves them right for a point in it but i think we're all fans at the end of the day we'd all be a lot happier if we we stayed up regardless of who's in charge
3: jim kavanagh uh top bloke jim always gets in contact with all of us i think doesn't need to discuss barnet matters and, and always has done right back to my barnet b days so uh he's bloody good rep and he's got in touch with about 15 questions uh some of which we've covered including do you think Wesley has the skills to keep us up? I think we're pretty unanimous that it's not his skill set that he's been born to do. So I will whittle a couple of his other questions down uh, and summarise. Does it matter that he's managed Enfield and Stevenage? Will is the only legitimate Barnet fan. You said that you actually that you couldn't care less about that, didn't you? Which probably contravenes what a lot of people
0: say, but in the grand scheme of things, it it, it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't matter. If, if, if people think it matters, it, they're, it, they're just like, they're picking a point that doesn't need to be made it's completely irrelevant
2: I think okay. I think people might th- might think that it, it, it rather than it being the team he managed that matters it might have been the way he acted when he was in charge of Steve he had that kind of rival with Barnett to get promoted out of the conference but even yeah. then for me like once he's your manager you know does it really matter as long as he gets the job done I'm, maybe I'm a real pragmatist in that sense but it just doesn't have any any impact for me so yeah. it's you go outside of that that's more significant
3: so let's throw this one, another question from Jim to Stathy. How many of our players are the sort who might thrive under Graham Wesley? Which of our established and valued players are likely to be discarded because of his preference for
0: a certain style. I'm going to do what you looked did to me all, Pod. So I've got two things to say before I answer the question, and I'm sorry. First of all, what? just realise that I've alluded to the fact that I, I sent in a question to the Q&A that wasn't answered, and it sounds menacing. I should just probably say on air, the question was sent after the deadline, and I only WhatsApped it to Aaron, and I just asked, who is the chairman's favourite ex-employee, and why was it me? So it wasn't a serious question, and the chairman hasn't dodged anything that I've asked, to be fair. Just got to get that out there. And the second thing is that um I don't really follow a lot of Barnett like fan groups and stuff like that, um but I do actually every so often come across some of Jim's opinions and posts, and I do enjoy them so thank you jim for for sharing uh, articulate voices uh, and being an articulate voice in uh like a wall of screams at sometimes so to answer the actual question um time's up next question <laughs> yeah good go on. Go on. <laughs> I, was, I actually would have taken that on the chin, genuinely. Right. Um, I don't know how many... I actually don't know how many of our players are the sort <laughs> who, would, <laughs> who would thrive under, under Graham Wesley. I don't... I, let To put it another way, a lot of our players thrived under Martin Allen, and Martin Allen's style of management, as Kevin Nugent highlighted, seemed to be to just let them have days off and eat donuts and do that sort of stuff. So if we're saying Graham Wesley is the polar opposite, I'm not sure that's going to mix well. Um, And I think that answers the second part as well, actually, because I I don't see, it doesn't mesh for me at all. It just seems like a really bad appointment every level up. I think that's fair.
3: Um, I think people are worried about Mauro, just to sort of cotton on to this, Um, and Ruben, who are kind of little players. But I think, I don't don't think Ruben's cut out for English football necessarily, but I think Mauro is pretty uh, robust for a bloke of his stature, so and he also is like a weeble isn't he weebles wobble but they don't fall down however many knocks he takes he finds his way back into the team and becomes an important player again so I don't think it does, the appointment does necessarily mean that we're going to chuck out all the little guys and just put the big bastards in um, so sorry Dan Sweeney I don't think this is going to be your uh, your time at Barnet. Um, one more from Jim go on Jonathan, if even if he keeps us up, will he ever be accepted by the fan base?
1: Uh, it depends how long he stays in the job. Uh, um, if he keeps us up, he'll win people round. If he, The style of football, I mean, there are still people, even when we'll get, you know, around the playoff places, there are still people are saying they don't want Martin Allen in charge because of the style of football is boring, etc, etc. Et but um, he'll win a lot of people round if he keeps us up. Uh, and if he is in charge next season, having stayed up, of course, massively hypothetical, but... Uh, if you can build upon it then he will win people around slowly. There's a chance he can win people around. Of course there is. Uh, but it's a big if
3: Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think you're pretty uh you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Um actually Jim, one more question which kind of uh, follows on from that. Whether we go out down or stay up is either long term answer if we want to do more than pretend we're a, to do more than pretend we're a progressive club to produce and nurture homegrown talent and then develop them into first team players and saleable assets. And I think that, yeah, that's the one thing that he might have in his favour if he can keep us up this season and then presumably stays. His history of Preston sort of suggests that he is good at building clubs and they, you know, sorry, did I say history of Preston? I meant history of Stevenage. Uh, suggests that he can build clubs and they kind of sold players on that he helped develop and were very successful throughout his time. His, I think he had three spells there in the end, was it? So, you know, he might actually be the man to do that but as we kind of discussed already it all hinges on whether we go down or stay up and the kind of continual the long-term short-term short-termism of the football club that i think governs everything and that is it for questions
0: oh there was one more that i actually wanted to answer can i, no, can, can, I can i check it in? Yeah, go on, go on. I'd selectively whittled down the shortlist, but it hit me. There was a... The long I, list. I kind of wanted to answer it myself, to be honest, but it was a question from Jerry Currell, and it was, will there ever be a boy born who can swim faster than a shark? Ah. And I was asked this about a year or two ago, so it must be like a popular question. And Easy. I was told that it's a trick question because there's a shark called the green shark, which actually swims very slowly. So actually most people swim faster than that shark. I... Have nothing to add on that. I've just
3: seen that Graham Wesley has done his first interview and there's a very menacing picture of him sat next to Mark McGee on the sofa in the manager's office um, it's very odd I look forward to listening to this
0: cool uh, I'm gonna it's, I don't, now I feel like I've settled into the whole not being the hosting guy chair and it feels quite comfortable actually but uh, yeah I think we're done for this does anyone have anything else they want to add as a matter of urgency Jonathan
1: no. Cool. Uh, other than follow the
2: new Twitter account that we've got.
0: I'll give you. A, I'll give you a chance to plug in a second. Will do you have anything of of footballing urgency you want to discuss?
2: No, I think it's pretty much all been all been covered, isn't
0: it? Yeah, we've been going for over two hours now. It's time to go to bed, I think. Tom, do you have anything of, of footballing urgency you wish to discuss? No. Um, just come on, lads. Let's please win some games and stay up. Lovely. Right. So, on that. In that case, then I think. Um, we'll we'll call it time in a second i just want to say as always a huge thank you to everyone who listened i'm still a bit shocked at the amount of people who responded to our call for questions and very grateful to all of them i think we could probably at some point if we actually ever managed to to organize ourselves into doing this slightly more regularly we could probably just do it based purely on questions we get given because the, the questions were so good compared to what we could come up with um so yeah we i think i think i'm i'm gonna go to the game on saturday so might be potentially doing we, we've been toying with the idea of doing very small pods after games thus far will and jonathan have been massive disappointments. that's right you're getting called out gents and we've not done it but it's something that we've been toying with the idea of doing and tom don't think you're getting away with it you didn't come to a game because you went to see watford
3: yeah, and we
1: got dicked by others, so that was a good
0: decision. You deserve because it. You
1: can't talk about can't talk about disappointments when you two don't turn up to games yourself.
0: I live in so. south east London, so I've got an excuse. Will lives Sorry. in south. Got... <laughs> it's right,
2: I live in <laughs> south end, and I come. To... Hey, there's no excuse there. Mate. south east London these just The tube right away.
0: Ah, uh, right. Give me, give me until the next pod, and I'll think of a, a reasonable excuse. Um, handle. What was the Twitter handle, uh, Tom? It's Barmy. Uh, underscore podcast. So at Barnet underscore podcast.
1: Yes, it'd be good if we all remembered that. Wouldn't
0: it? I know I probably should have remembered it before I started saying it. But Will once got <laughs> his own Twitter handle wrong, so you know what, swings and us Right, uh, Jonathan, is there anything you want to say before we put you back in your box?
1: Um, not much. No. Uh, yeah, just follow our new Twitter account, which I've already forgotten the name of. Uh, Barnet underscore podcast I think it is um, yeah. and then if you feel like giving me a follow as well at Jonathan Blakey uh, Blakey is spelled B-L-A-K-I-E at the end everybody gets that wrong and in terms of who's the most dedicated Staffy and Tom very rarely turn up to games Will is currently on holiday away midway through the season and I turned up to Exeter away with a rotten cold lost my voice midway through the game and still managed to carry on commentating <laughs> Done. <Damn. laughs>
0: Fair play, fair if, play. If you,
1: actually, if you actually watch the highlights back, I think Tom mentioned it a little while ago uh, in our group chat, if you actually watch the highlights back uh, on whatever app or YouTube or whatever, you can actually hear me say, and my voice is back, just as Ryan Watson cracked that free kick into the top corner, which I find hilarious.
0: I um, just want to say, before I let Will say his goodbyes and goes on enjoying his holiday um will we in our whatsapp group we we send voice notes or tom and i send a lot of voice notes jonathan joined us recently and what made the straw that broke broke the camel's back for for will was the appointment of graham wesley that was what did it so uh jonathan will will uh you can say goodbye before you go back to enjoying your holiday
2: i will i'd say it's a testament to my dedication i'm actually Know, talking to you guys while I'm in Spain you know, I've got my wife sitting here on the end of the bed waiting to go out for some tapas urgently, she's ready to pounce out the door the moment we finish recording Still <laughs> on It uh, just on. makes
0: you a terrible human being, well that doesn't
2: it <laughs> Yeah, i to be honest uh, But, yeah, if you want to tweet me anything I'll try and get it right this time at Evans one and tune in to me and Jonathan on Barnet I follow I'll be back for the game against Cheltenham Town which is, I think, what two games time. Hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully you'll be able
1: to, have to handle a uh, gantry that time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I think it <laughs> was gantry incident. at if, if anyone, if anyone who listens was wondering why I wasn't on the commentary for that one, I, I, frankly, I, there was a ladder, tall ladder to get up to this temporary gantry while they rebuild the new sound. I actually just couldn't couldn't on it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Everyone's this. Aaron had to me and I just sat sat in his seat on the press box doing nothing for the whole game, frankly.
0: That is shocking. <laughs> that is actually that's terrible. <laughs>
2: Sorry for outing you there, Will, but it had to be done.
0: How was that not the first thing on the running order? <laughs>
1: Saving the best for last, that's what we're doing.
0: I have had to listen to you guys just talk for two hours before this gem ca- This is the only valuable bit of this podcast. Jeez, okay. Tom. Um anything you want to say?
3: I always say it and no one does it, but send us your feedback, like is it too long, etc.? What do you what do you want what do you want from us? Um no, seriously do send us your feedback because you know we we only do it so that people can listen, so if no one's gonna listen listen because I hate it, then it's a pointless of for all of us. So uh yeah, do get involved. But make it nice. Cool. Do you want to plug your
0: Twitter or anything? No, t b b Bodell, TBB Thank you. Excellent. Um, on that note, I just want to say we do get feedback because people give me feedback personally and over WhatsApp. Feedback such as I really love the bits where they give answers in one sentence or one word. So then when I try to bring that into the pod, what do you do, Tom? Oh,
3: well, I was pretty good. <laughs> Well, we've
0: been saying goodbye for about 10 minutes. This yeah, year. <laughs> right, right. I'm, uh, cool. Um, I'm on Twitter as well, East of Aros, and there yes. will be a website on officersclubpod.com at some point. Right, see you all later.